What I have here uh, is a copy of Donald Trump's tax returns. Why will he not release his taxes, his full taxes? Trump care would be a nightmare for the American people. The order he blocked was a watered down version of the first order that was also blocked by another judge and should have never been blocked to start with. It's time to make America great again. Join the movement. The Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, Wednesday podcast, March 15th, 2017. Happy you could be part of this busy news program that we have lined up for you today. Um, it is going to be uh, really, I mean, just all the news is coming out. We had a uh, Trump rally today in Nashville, and it comes out uh, shortly after a judge in Hawaii has blocked the travel suspension that were that was going to take place at midnight on Thursday. And so, as expected, President Trump did talk about it. Uh, here is the president in Nashville, Tennessee. But let me give you the bad news. We don't like bad news, right? I don't want to hear. And I'll turn it into good. But let me give you the bad, the sad news. Moments ago, I learned that a district judge in Hawaii Part of the much overturned Ninth Circuit Court. And I have to be nice, otherwise I'll get criticized for for speaking poorly about our courts. I'll be I'll be criticized by these people among the most dishonest people in the world. I will be criticized. I'll be criticized by them for speaking harshly about our courts. I would never want to do that. A judge has just blocked our executive order on travel and refugees coming into our country from certain countries. The order he blocked was a watered-down version of the first order that was also blocked by another judge and should have never been blocked to start with. This new order was tailored to the dictates of the Ninth Circuit's, in my opinion, flawed ruling. This is, in the opinion of many, 
an unprecedented judicial overreach. The law and the Constitution give the president the power to suspend immigration when he deems, or she, or she, fortunately it will not be Hillary she, Lock her up there. When he or she deems it to be in the national interest of our country. So we have a lot of lawyers here. We also have a lot of smart people here. Let me read to you directly from the federal statute. 212F of the immigration, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Can I read this to you? Listen to this. Now, we're all smart people. We're all good students. We're all everything. Some are bad students, but even if you're a bad student, this is a real easy one, let me tell you. Ready? So here's the statute, which they don't even want to quote when they overrule it. And it was put here for the security of our country. And this goes beyond me because there'll be other presidents and we need this. And sometimes we need it very badly for security, security of our country. It says, now listen to easy, how easy this is. Whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or any class of aliens would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may, by proclamation, and for such period as he, you see, it wasn't politically correct, because they should have said he or she. You know, today they'd say that. But that's all. Actually, that's the only mistake they made. As he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens, or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants, or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate. In other words, if he thinks there's danger out there, he or she, whoever is president, can say, I'm sorry, folks, not now, please. We got enough problems. We're talking about the safety of our nation, the safety and security of our people. Now, I know you people aren't skeptical people, because nobody would be that way in Tennessee. Right? Nobody. Not Tennessee. You don't think this was done by a judge for political reasons, do you? No. Of course. This ruling makes us look weak. Which, by the way, we no longer are, believe me. Just look at our borders. And President Trump there in Nashville goes on to say that uh, we are building the wall. Um, and it's funny because every time 
that he doesn't go out and speak for a while. All of a sudden, there's speculation. Well, maybe he's not going to build the wall. Maybe he's not going to actually fulfill his promises. He has fulfilled uh, a lot of his promises. He's brought back a lot of jobs. And as you see with the border, 40% decrease uh, in illegal border crossings just because President Trump's hardline stance on immigration has been a deterrent. Um, but on the travel suspension, and we're going to get into details on this tomorrow because we're supposed to go into effect tomorrow. So I have a guest on tomorrow's podcast, a U.S. government foreign policy analyst and advisor, uh, works for the government, will be on tomorrow's podcast. You don't want to miss that to talk about the travel suspension and now the blocked travel suspension by a Hawaiian judge. And it is insanity because he read the law. 1182F, and the law, the U.S. Code, clearly states that it is the president's job to keep Americans safe and to put American interests first and to make sure that if he if he feels, if he deems necessary, as it reads, that the president can suspend immigration or refugees. And there's flexibility there. Of course, that wasn't cited in either of the um, court Blocks And the U.S. Constitution, by the way, says that the president has the right to keep people out, whether it be for disease or terrorism, etc. So now this is blocked, and I see this alert this evening. I'm eating dinner. Really ruined my dinner. Um, and I see this, and I'm like, you know, do they, do they want terrorism? Because—and I'll repeat myself again. The, uh, Jim Comey of the FBI, we have some news on him today. Jim Comey, uh, DNI— uh, James Clapper and the CIA director Brennan, um, they all said that ISIS is working to infiltrate our refugee and immigration populations, and they have, and they've done so with open borders in Europe, with Berlin and Brussels and France. So you see it going on. You know that it exists. You know that ISIS hates us. They've waged war on us, radical Islamic terrorism. Has waged war on our American way of life. And this judge takes it upon himself or herself. I didn't even look at the judges. All I needed to know is that they blocked it. Because it's clearly for political reasons. Again, I don't even have to read the story from any of the news outlets because I know right away it's for political reasons. Okay? Because... What do you, we were talking about a story yesterday, Democrats going to the defense of IT contractors who have access to our classified information, and they defend them. Why? Because they're Muslim, and it fits their political ideology. But if it was a Catholic, if it was someone who was white, they would be behind bars, okay? And there should be the same standard for everybody no matter your race, religion, etc. So I don't care who you are, if you are a refugee or an immigrant coming in from these nations that we that do not communicate with United States citizens, you should not be allowed into our country unless you have a visa or a green card, and even that, a visa, because the visa waiver program has many holes in it, is concerning. It's unbelievable, okay, what they're trying to do. There, there are so many 
political machinations going on, whether it involves the court, whether it involves our senators, our House members, our representatives, the establishment, they are trying to ruin Trump. Mainly Democrats, but I'm going to tie in uh, establishment Republicans as well. And there is a concerted effort to jump, to try to bring Donald Trump down. They want him to fail. And President Trump will not fail. And so you see the rally tonight. That's pumped me up. I'm ready to go, man. I'm recording on a uh, late Wednesday evening. I'm pumped up. Okay? And that's what President Trump has to do. He has to get his message straight to the American people. And he needs to get the hell out of D.C. And he said that today. He said, I don't want to be in D.C. with these pundits and these uh, po the political media. They are out to get him, and he knows it, and he doesn't want to even deal with that. He, I mean, I think if he had his choice, he would run the country from Trump Tower if he had his, you know, if the White House didn't exist, let's say, if you get to choose. Obviously, the White House is historic, and he did want to, um, you know, wanted to move there because it's, you know, that's where everything is at. But the way D.C. operates is very... Uh, very crooked, and there are so many intertwined connections that we're going to find because we have a couple stories for you on that. But this travel suspension, we'll get into it tomorrow with a U.S. government foreign policy analyst and advisor on tomorrow's podcast. And um, that interview, actually, we're going we're gonna to do that um, earlier in the day. So we should have the podcast up for you uh, early, um, and we'll focus on that. But it's outrageous what they're doing. It's a non ideological bill, an executive order that should be law, that should have been law the first time Trump said, you know what, I shouldn't even have to water it down. It should have been as it was in the first time. There is no reason why it should have been blocked. There are bad dudes out there. We need to protect ourselves from it, and we need to find out what the hell is going on. Now, President Trump is developing plans to defeat ISIS. He is, um, not only that... But he also has to win on the cyber warfare. He's got a lot. He's got a lot on his plate. He's got South Korea is a problem. Or excuse me, North Korea. He's got um, China. He's got all of these issues, Russia. Speaking of Russia, by the way, Circa News reports, and this is actually a great publication. i got to start reading them because this uh, journalist who, who put this together, what's her name, by the way? I should give her credit. She's, I mean, an incredible journalist out there. That is, you know, if you want to talk about journalism, um, you know, it is somebody who really did her research to connect these dots. And there are some unnamed sources here, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. Sarah Carter is a journalist named for Circa News. Um, her and her, uh, her partner worked on other stories that they broke about the FBI and and their uh, insight, their um, surveillance of Trump that we now know about. And it seems like, according to her, she was on um, Sean Hannity's TV show yesterday, she said that um, she actually, there are sources that could lead the media down this path to find out these other connections. They just don't want to report on it. They rather the narrative that Russia hacked the election, which, by the way, no votes were changed. And Hillary won the popular vote, so how the hell could Russia have hacked our election? So, Sarah Carter, the journalist for Circa News, reports this. 
a respected computer scientist, I'm quoting, who raised concerns about a possible connection between Donald Trump and a Russian bank is an unabashed Hillary Clinton supporter. And this supporter made multiple small donations to the Democrats' presidential campaign around the time that she and her colleagues surfaced the allegations. Her name is L. Jean Camp. She's an uh, Indiana University professor and a recognized expert uh, computer scientist whose work includes federal research on the security of Internet-connected devices. And she became a spokesman last fall for a loose group of computer researchers who reported they had detected a series of communications between a commercial email server registered at the Trump Organization and a server at Alpha Bank in Russia. And she pushed the narrative that Russia was involved in meddling in our, in our election, that uh, Russia was responsible for Trump's election. And she donated over $1,000 to Hillary. So do you think that she had a political motivation? Yeah, I think she may. And we find out, and we know now, and we have the documentation and the timeline that I've gone over, that the FBI surveilled Trump. They had surveillance on President Trump at Trump Tower. They found out about Lieutenant General Michael Flynn that way uh, when they were monitoring the Russian ambassador. The problem there, by the way, is the leaks. Is how... Do we go from, okay, it was quite, you're, you're monitoring a Russian ambassador, you find out that you talked to Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, but the person who heard the conversations clearly knows that it is um, part of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn's job as National Security Advisor, incoming National Security Advisor at that point, now former National Security Advisor. It was his job. And somehow, that intelligence, that Covert information gets leaked to the American people. We should not know about it. There are pro many problems in terms of leaks. And President Trump now has to find out who these anarchists are within the intelligence community that is leaking. He has no friends in Washington. Remember what Harry Truman said. If you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. And he has to know that he cannot trust anyone. And frankly, listen— the intelligence officers who are on the ground, they do amazing work. But there's some mole in the intelligence community in our nation's capital who is releasing information, possibly getting paid for it, and is releasing information that is getting published that is undermining our country, our national security, and frankly, making us look weak. And this has to stop. The leaks have to stop. They continue to mount every day. Inside sources, this intelligence leak, that intelligence leak. Um, we should know about any of this. But we do because it's being leaked to us. And that's a felony. And you go to jail for that. Speaking of Russia, uh, the United States charges Russian spies uh, and hackers in a massive Yahoo hack. The U.S. Wednesday charged two Russian intelligence agents and two criminal hackers with masterminding the 2014 theft of 500 million Yahoo accounts. Uh, 47 count Justice Department in, uh, indictment includes charges of conspiracy, computer fraud, and abuse, economic espionage, theft of trade services, or uh, theft of trade secrets, excuse me, wire fraud, access 
device fraud, and aggravated identity theft. Um, oh, and by the way, we have breaking news just coming in here. Um, I- I'm getting word that um, uh, Trump's taxes have been released. Breaking news. Oh, my God. Let's uh, go to Rachel Maddow, MSNBC. What I have here uh, is a copy of Donald Trump's tax returns. We have his federal tax return for one year for 2005. I believe this is the only set of the president's federal taxes that reporters have ever gotten a hold of. million dollars looks like 38 million dollars in taxes uh, he took a big write down of 103 million dollars more on that later uh, if you add up the lines for income he made more than 150 million dollars in that year mazel tov uh, we got these pages we got this document today from a Pulitzer Prize winning investigative journalist who's better on financial matters than almost anybody else in the business. His name is David K. Johnston. Uh, these pages turned up the other day the right in his this return. It is not illegally published. Nor are we fake. Pinch me. I'm real. Oh, God. Uh, Rachel Mano there, MSNBC. They pumped this up. Remember, I ended the podcast yesterday with I'm getting breaking news that uh, this was yesterday, last night, um, when I recorded the podcast that apparently Trump's taxes have been released and whatever. And so they make this to be a big story only for her. I mean, did she not read it before they went on air? Because she goes to read it and he paid $40 million in taxes. And he paid a higher tax rate, by the way, than Barack Obama. He paid a higher tax rate than NBC's parent company, Comcast. He paid a higher tax rate than socialist Bernie Sanders. He paid a higher tax rate than Warren Buffett. And he paid a higher tax rate than Mitt Romney. And the list goes on and on. He paid his fair share of taxes. This was 2005. This, by the way, debunks that New York Times report that said that he never paid um, taxes for 18 years. Um, and, you know, even if he didn't, it would be legal if he took a massive loss. If he sold something and took a loss, then, yeah, you could carry that forward, and that is legal. Um, but he paid $40 million taxes, higher tax rate than anyone. It's hysterical. It, it Maybe it isn't as funny as I'm taking it right now, because last night I was like, what? They are doing everything. You have to understand this, that they— Meaning they are the establishment, the establishment media, the political media. They're doing everything that they can to undermine Trump. And they're trying to get anything on him that they can. This confirms what I said last week, that if they had anything on President Trump, that they would know about it. And and President Trump would be impeached by now if they had any information. The problem is there's nothing dirty on the guy. They keep trying. They try. Okay? And they get his taxes. Somebody puts it in Rachel Maddow or whatever journalist she said. I don't know. Put it in that journalist's mailbox. And they get it. And it's a secret tax return for 2005. And guess what? He paid a higher tax rate than their freaking parent company. And Obama and Sanders and the list goes on. 
it's just like they can't get anything on him. They try so hard. They're trying so hard to undermine Trump. And they're trying so hard to ruin him. You know, if they only went into the policy aspect, and if we only talked about the uh, the the details of the health care law, and I don't mean just the process of Paul Ryan's infighting um, that I talked about yesterday a little bit, but also about, you know, what does it mean to have a mandate? What, do, what does, how can you increase competition? How can premiums go down? Talk about the substance, but they don't. They want to focus on these these sexy stories, the taxes. Oh, my God. Now, Trump is a private citizen in 2005, and even if not, he has no obligation at all to release his taxes. Does not have to. Okay? Do you understand that? Just because presidents do doesn't mean that you have to. He is required, and he did from the beginning, release his financial statements, in which we found out how very rich that— Mr. Trump is and how very successful he is. And that's where the White House said the statement was the the continuing, you know, trying to undermine the president. And listen, he was a successful businessman and he paid his taxes. It's really um, unbelievable they're trying to get anything on him. They're trying to push this Russian narrative. It's not sticking, but at the same time, um, they just won't support the president. They won't. They cannot just say, listen, all right, he's president. Let's hope that he does the right thing. Let's hope that he keeps us safe, that we have no terrorist attacks. Because the way they're operating, they're going to be the ones with blood on their hands if there's a terrorist attack. You know what? If there's a terrorist attack because it was a refugee, we've already had an Iraqi insurgent come into our country, and this is one that we know about that we talked about last week, and we find out more of these stories than they have blood in their hands for blocking the suspension, those two judges. And President Trump goes, I'm not criticizing them because they'll write about it. He's right. They will do everything that they can to stop him. Everything. And every time they try and they try and they try, President Trump ends up smelling like a rose um, every time. Uh, and it was hysterical going on Twitter last night. Um, Donald Trump Jr. was on a roll um, with uh, his uh, tweets saying, you know, my father paid his taxes. Thank you that we that, uh, that this was released. But at the same time, it is a felony to release such private information. Donald Trump Jr. said, thank you, Rachel Maddow, for Proving to your Trump-hating followers how successful Donald Trump is and that he paid $40 million in taxes. And retweeted a lot of other people who, uh, who said the same thing that Trump tweeted this morning. Uh, let's see if I could pull it up because I'm actually getting it on my phone while I'm talking with you. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. He Well, he had a little tweet storm this morning, and listen, best way that he communicates straight to the American people. Does anybody really believe that a reporter who nobody ever heard of, yeah, I didn't hear of him either, um, went to his mailbox and found my tax returns at NBC News? Fake news. You are fake news. <laughs> listen, okay, it's a felony. They should be going after these people. Go after the leaks because this is what's hurting our country, this division. 
It's, it's not even, it's all political division, and it's created within the political media. It's created within the Democratic Party and the establishment. They are doing everything in their power to undermine him, and he comes out better than ever. They can't get anything on him. Um, President Trump, by the way, was in Detroit today, uh, Detroit, Michigan, um, visiting automotive industry leaders, uh, announcing a formal review of vehicle fuel efficiency rules uh, that the Obama administration implemented. Trump met with the CEOs of General Motors, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler during his visit to the American Center for Mobility in Michigan, just outside of Detroit. Um, and uh, the president will also meet with officials representing Japanese and German automakers uh, soon, I guess, uh, according to uh, Reuters. And, you know, the automotive industry has come back big league. They have big league jobs. Big league. And, uh, you know, you look at this, Ford canceled a $1.6 billion plan in Mexico, saving 3,500 American jobs. They're creating a new innovative center as an expansion of its Flat Rock, Michigan plant by investing $700 million in the U.S. and creating 700 American jobs. Fiat Chrysler met with Trump today. They announced that they're going to spend a billion dollars on U.S. manufacturing, including modernizing plants in Michigan and Ohio, adding 2,000 new American jobs. Toyota will spend $10 billion in U.S. capital investments and will expand its U.S. plants over the next five years. General Motors will invest a billion dollars in U.S. factories this year, moving some parts of production from Mexico to the U.S. that was previously handled by a supplier. Toyota is also, by the way, I went over Toyota earlier, but they're adding 400 American jobs to build more SUVs and Indiana assembly plants. And uh, that's just some of the automotive big league jobs that have come out. But big league. the list is uh, 18 that I've kept track of, 18 uh, big league jobs long. And it's, uh, what do we have, $67.7 billion? invested in the u.s uh or excuse me that's even higher i've been saying 67 i didn't count the last one because exxon mobile recently uh invested 20 billion dollars 82.7 billion so i have to correct myself there. wrong i have to correct myself so not 67.7 wrong 82.7 billion dollars invested in the u.s since president trump was elected on november 8th 1,863,700 big league job big league amazing okay and the guy is working his ass off for, for us and we're still trying to undermine him I, I just i i don't get these people who push this narrative it's uh it's insanity and um listen support the president move on get over it get over it i mean give me a break and they come up the breaking news taxes we got his taxes oh he spent he paid his taxes Oh, <laughs> 39, <laughs> what is it, 49 million, whatever it was, in taxes, he paid a higher tax rate than all these people, Obama and Bernie Sanders. I mean, listen, if Bernie Sanders wants to live a socialist lifestyle, be my guest. I mean, why don't you just donate your salary? Give it to people. Give it to the homeless. Sell your third, your three houses if you want to be a socialist. Spread your wealth. Anyway, it, it's... It, just unbelievable what they do unbelievable 
You know, it just goes on and on. Oh, and by the way, Snoop Dogg, apparently, you know, Trump tweeted about him this morning. Snoop Dogg uh, has a video of an assassination of Trump as Trump is depicted as a clown. Imagine. Okay, so Trump said, well, if they did that um, to Obama, then he would be in jail. Can you imagine what the outcry would be? If Snoop Dogg, failing career and all, and I think he is has a failing career, um, had uh, aimed and fired the gun at President Obama, jail time. Imagine how sick is that to have a to inspire and incite. That's inciting violence. But no, it's the narrative. Trump incites violence as rally because he talks loud. I talk loud too. What does that mean? I'm Italian. All right, we'll be back on the Neil A. Crystal Show podcast um, where we are always fair. We always talk, okay? And we're making America great again. Coming up, by the way, FBI official did not disclose that his wife had ties to Hillary Clinton. Wow. And Jim Comey, well, he's in the news. He's going to be testifying in front of Congress next week. All that and more as we continue on the Neil Akers Show podcast this Wednesday edition. Exciting things on NeelAcruso.com. Supporting our vets, getting people back to work, and uncovering corruption and lunacy. Log on to NeelAcruso.com. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update! I'm gonna let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Indoor baseball, anyone? Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Neil A. Caruso is winning every day. This is the Neil A. Caruso Show podcast on NeilACaruso.com and on iTunes. Subscribe now. Oh, yeah. You better believe we're winning. We're going to win so much. That's what we're doing. So, uh, FBI official um, Andrew McCabe, FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, came under scrutiny last year uh, when his wife's campaign contributions uh, came from... uh, from a Hillary Clinton ally, um, they did not disclose this, by the way, in their uh, 2015 disclosure form that sh- uh, she was donating to uh, to Hillary. And uh, so the records obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request show that the FBI deputy director left the box blank for wife Jill McCabe's salary. She was getting paid. Um, yeah, sorry, I didn't. Uh, I did not say that clearly. Getting paid by. Um, uh, through Hillary's uh, campaign, and um, 
She was a doctor for uh, Commonwealth Emergency Physicians. No documentation of the hundreds of thousands of campaign funds she received uh, through a political action committee supporting Hillary and really through Hillary um, for a when she was pushed for a 2015 Virginia State Senate race. This was first reported by the Wall Street Journal um, back in, I guess, last year, really, um, and the Clinton confidant and Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe urged McCabe's wife to run for statewide office shortly after news reports were published that Hillary Clinton used a private email server. So as we found out, Terry McAuliffe, Virginia governor, a uh, close aide and confidant to Hillary Clinton, uh, urged McCabe's wife, the FBI deputy director, run for office. Shortly after the private email server was released, and there was uh, documentation that they needed her as an inside person, uh, meaning uh, to, you know, be an ally, to be that ally in the federal government, in the bureaucracy. And for the reporting period of October through November 2015, McCabe's campaign filings show that she received $467,500 from Common Good Virginia Political Action Committee controlled by Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, a close aide to Hillary Clinton, who has been on the sub for Hillary, as well as an additional $292,500 from a second Democratic Political Action Committee. As why the deputy director did not list his wife's salary or the campaign contributions on the executive branch personnel public financial disclosure report for 2015, an FBI spokesman says the forms were certified as in compliance with applicable laws and regulations that they didn't have to, it's not mandatory for them to disclose it. Oh, but it's not mandatory for Trump to release his taxes either. But they want him to release and disclose everything as a private citizen. When, you know, he was actually creating jobs for the American people in the private sector. So, no disclosure there. A lot of inside games. This is why you need to cut down on, on the bureaucracy. This is why you need a leaner government. All these hidden games, and it's not mandated, so we didn't have to do it. I mean, it just ethically, this stinks. Now, Jim's, uh, Jim Comey, the FBI director, who I've said has to go, he's become a political figure. Since he announced on July 5th, laid out an indictment of Hillary Clinton, you know, over 110 emails, classified or uh, you know, secret access programs, all this on Clinton's server that she sent or received, laid out all of this stuff July 5th. I'll never forget the day and where I was. I'm not going to tell you, but uh, I was watching it live, and we thought that this is it. Hillary's done. Hillary's going to be indicted. Her, She's over. This is what we're thinking as this is being released. <laughs> yeah, she was laughing because she knew... Because Bill Clinton met with Loretta Lynch, the attorney general, on the plane the week before that she wasn't going to be handed anything. And Jim Comey today briefed leaders of the Senate Judiciary Committee. The heads of the House Intelligence Committee announced that Comey had agreed to testify publicly before their panel, which will be on Monday. Um... You know, they're still begging for answers. Lindsey Graham saying that the public deserves unclassified answers about Russia's hacked schemes. 
we know what the facts are. We already know because not only have congressional leaders said this, they don't have access to all this classified information, but we've heard through the FBI, there's no evidence. Director of National Intelligence, uh, James Clapper, former DNI under Obama, there's no evidence of hacking. There's no evidence that Russia hacked the election. There's no evidence that Trump colluded with Russia. Okay? It's a phony narrative that only exists because they want to have something to blame. And this, this is how these liberals operate. They got to blame everything. They can't just say we had a terrible candidate who was crooked as all hell, who used a private email server, who was pri too private and was not transparent and was unlikable. They can't just say that. Instead, they want to blame something, so they want to say Trump is a bad guy and Trump is this mean monster. This is what they're trying to portray, and it couldn't be farther from the truth. In fact, you know, he's actually a really good guy, and why would he want to be president? Okay, I mean, okay, I'll give you if you want to say he's power-hungry. Maybe, maybe he likes power. Power is whatever, but he's not taking a salary. He's really working for us. I don't know. I really don't get where they're going with this. Uh, meanwhile, a lot of them are being paid. We talked about George Soros funding paid protesters, professional protesters who are hired to protest and cause disruptions. You know, Trump had one protester tonight. I bet you that will be the headline. Oh, my God, the president had a protester. Big deal. Okay. Republican senators are asking Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, by the way, to investigate claims of U.S. taxpayer money being used to back left-wing billionaire George Soros's political meddling and similar efforts overseas. So we already know that George Soros funds protesting in the United States. Now, similar efforts overseas. And um, a letter today, or a letter Tuesday, rather, um, asked for a probe into how the U.S. funds are being used by agencies such as the United States Agency for International Development to back left-wing political groups in other countries. It's, you know, it's amazing you get paid just for protesting. Uh, you know, if you just went to work, you make so much more money. Uh, what else here? Oh, well, the government today, Congress, says that, just to finish up on health care, uh, 12 million Americans were giving coverage. You know, we've been saying 20 million all week, but in reality, 12 million were given coverage according um, to the U.S. government. So um, that's the reality of where we stand. And obviously, the health care, uh, we see how it's being played out in public there. Um, so, anyway, 12 million were given coverage, not 20 million. Uh, so that concludes the podcast for today. Really a lot to get to between this whole travel suspension being blocked that's giving me a headache tonight and, um, you know, the Trump's taxes. My God, we got him. Oh, he paid his taxes. We can't get anything on him. <laughs> it's amazing. But they're trying to do everything that they can. And Trump knows this. He's just smart for them. God bless him, man. We need him. We need him. We need to make America great again. And we need to put our own people first for a change. Finally, we're doing that. And the best is when he goes and he starts off and says, I want to thank 
our military members. I want to thank our law enforcement. What a change. I already feel inspired. And we'll be back here tomorrow with someone, a foreign policy analyst in the U.S. government to talk about this travel suspension and what's going on with that that's intended to protect us. So we'll get into that tomorrow uh, with that foreign policy analyst and advisor. It's got a lot of titles. Uh, God bless you. God bless America. Talk to you tomorrow. The Neil A. Caruso Show podcast is a production of Caruso Enterprises. Engaging, informing, and entertaining. Passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Caruso on social media. And log on to neilacaruso.com to sign up for Caruso's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.